to episode 196 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about communism in America. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as communism in America, the empire of lies, the American financial system, secession, the petrodollar, or the Great Reset comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, Rumble, and most recently Truth Social, as well as Instagram where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest Podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Communism is alive and well in America. I'm not talking about the official Communist Party as a viable political party. I'm talking about the slow and steady drip campaign of this ideology and how it has been infecting and contaminating American society for well over a century. Those doing the infecting have an easy job. After all, tearing down is easy, whereas building and maintaining is quite difficult. Communism is all about tearing down. In this case, it's all about tearing down America. See, the communists we are going to discuss today hate everything about America. Freedom, liberty, the ability to think for yourself, explore alternatives, speak your mind, ignore and mock the idiots in positions of power. Communism is antithetical to everything America, as founded, stands for. But they are far from stupid in their evil endeavor to destroy America. Here is the money quote from the Communist Manifesto. Quote, it is impossible, of course, to carry out all of these measures at once. End quote. Thus, the 150-year push to tear down all that is good about the United States. As we walk through the rest of this episode, consider all of the incremental approaches communists and their sympathizers have taken over the years in order to destroy and tear down America from within. I'm going to let communism speak for itself, as I quote extensively from the Communist Manifesto, published in 1847 by Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels, and from Cleo Skosin's book, Naked Communism. Regarding the latter, his 45 Goals of Communism was read into the congressional record by a congresswoman from Florida back in January of 1963. And by the way, if you want to read a really good book about America, check out Cleon Skousen's 5,000-Year Leap. It's one thing to understand this failed ideology, but more importantly is to understand how modern-day leftists and Democrats still push it. We will take each tenet of communism and point out how successful leftists and Democrats have been in implementing it. You will find that communism is naive, almost childlike, and ultimately dangerous. It paints this unattainable picture of utopia, which explains a lot about what we see from society's leftists and Democrats. Pandering, childlike, naive, dangerous policy prescriptions that do more harm than good, often having the opposite effect from their promises for a given policy. A central tenet of communism is centralization. The state controls everything. Here is one sample from the manifesto. Quote, concentration of all means of transportation in the hands of the nation. End quote. In Skousen's book, goal number 32 reads, 
support any socialist movement to give centralized control over any part of the culture, education, social agencies, welfare programs, mental health clinics, etc. This is America today, folks. A bunch of unconstitutional federal agencies centralizing power in D.C. and dictating to the 340 million of us. Centralization is the name of the game, with decentralization in general being the arch enemy because it allows for experimentation and freedom to choose, neither of which are permitted under communism. That's why the abolishment of the free market system is another primary tenet of communism. Capitalism must be destroyed and replaced with their utopian system. Check out episode 83, The Truth About Capitalism, and episode 182, The Truth About Decentralization, for deep dives into both of those topics. Everything is free under communism because it's utopia. Does that sound familiar? Free college, free healthcare, free cell phones for illegal immigrants, food stamps, free PPP loans, free stimulus checks, free infrastructure spending, welfare payments, free, free, free. Again, so naive, pure pandering. Virtually everything you see today to damage the country is right out of the communist playbook. I want to start with some direct quotes from the Communist Manifesto just to give you a sense of what we're dealing with here. And then for the rest of the episode, I'm going to do my best to organize the content topically using both the Manifesto and Skousen's book to fill in the blanks. So let's check out what they have to say about capitalism. Quote, the immediate aim of communists is the same as that of any other proletariat parties. Formation of the proletariat into a class, overthrow of the bourgeois supremacy, conquest of political power by the proletariat, end quote. As we move forward with the content, hopefully you will begin to recognize how this dividing and segmenting of society is employed by the Democrats and the left, how that's born out of communism. They are searching for that right mix to build that proletarian class, to overthrow capitalism and replace it with their idiotic, unattainable utopia. Understand, when you hear leftists and Democrats raging about millionaires and billionaires and the rich and the poor, the 1% versus the 99% and the CEO pay versus that of the workers, whether the speaker knows it or not, those types of arguments stem from communism. Here's some more. Quote, the need to constantly expand markets for its products chases the bourgeois over the entire surface of the globe. Here's another. The bourgeois, by the rapid improvement of all instruments of production, by the immensely facilitated means of communication, draws all, even the most barbarian nations, into civilization. That is the very definition of capitalism. Expand markets, improve production methods. All of it equates to more work for workers, more upward mobility for those same workers, more wealth creation for everybody. But you can't have that under communism. Here's another quote. We see, then, the means of production and of exchange on whose foundation the bourgeois built itself up were generated in feudal society. So, of course, here we go. Capitalism was built on the backs of workers. It's no different than the current claptrap that escapes the mouths of national democrats today. Here's a final quote about capitalism. Quote, The communist revolution is the most radical rupture with traditional property relations, no wonder that its development involved the most radical rupture with traditional ideas, end quote. We will dive into this in much more detail, but note the desire to kill traditions, because traditions takes away the focus from the state. I want to circle back to the naive, childlike nature of communism. The unattainable utopia that they envision is expressed well by this quote from the manifesto. Quote, 
take the control of industry and of all branches of production out of the hands of mutually competing individuals, and instead institute a system in which all these branches of production are operated by the society as a whole, that is, for the common account, according to a common plan, and with the participation of all members of society. It will, in other words, abolish competition and replace it with association." End quote. Here's another one. Organization of labor or employment of proletarians on publicly owned land in factories and workshops with competition among the workers being abolished and with the factory owners insofar as they still exist being obliged to pay the same high wage as those paid by the state, end quote. Oh, here's another one. The increasing improvement of machinery ever more rapidly developing makes their livelihood more and more precarious. The proletariat, the lowest stratum on our present society, cannot stir, cannot raise itself up, end quote. Give me a friggin' break. This is the it-takes-a-village idiocy that we hear from leftists and many Democrats. This type of bullshit plays to the lowest common denominator in society. It's only appealing to the lazy. Hey, man, I shouldn't have to compete with anyone. It ain't fair, man. No more competition. No more losers. You know, the everyone gets a trophy nonsense? Yep, right out of the manifesto. Everyone's going to live together in perfect harmony. You know, coexist. Going to sing kumbaya around the campfire. If you want to see what really happens in these supposedly utopian societies, do a duck-duck-go search on autonomous zones in the summer of 2020. Notice more centralization. The state knows what the going rate is for a job in Huntington, West Virginia, as well as a similar job in San Diego, California. The elimination of meritocracy, where you get what you deserve. Competition among the workers being abolished. Talk about naive, stupid, and short-sighted. No competition means no productivity. Just look at the economy from the Soviet Union, with their failed five-year plans as Exhibit 1 to refute this line of thinking. Central planning, rather than allow the free market to dictate, is nuts. The Soviet Union's economy was a joke. They couldn't even feed their own people despite being the breadbasket of Europe. It was pathetic. They have no understanding of productivity, just the shallow griping over the precarious nature of the worker. More exploitation. Except, the more productive a worker is, the more valuable they are to the bourgeois. The more valuable they are to the bourgeois, the more money they are worth to the boss man. And guess what? And guess what? It ain't the proletariats that are investing in improved machinery. It's the rotten son of a bitch capitalist, isn't it? This is embarrassingly simplistic. Another central tenet of communism is the abolishment of private property. Quote, the theory of the communists may be summed up in a single sentence, abolition of private property. Can't be any clearer than that, can it? Unfortunately for the commies, this is in direct opposition to natural law and the U.S. Constitution. How might they abolish private property, you ask? Mob rule and brute force, of course. Quote, democracy would be wholly valueless to the proletariat if it were not immediately used as a means for putting through measures directed against private property and ensuring the livelihood of the proletariat. It goes on. The first step in the revolution by the working class is to raise the proletariat to a position of ruling class to win the battle of democracy. The proletariat will use its political supremacy to wrest by degree all capital from the bourgeois to centralize all instruments of production in the hands of the state, i.e. of the proletariat organized as the ruling class and to increase the total productive forces as rapidly as possible, end quote. Let me translate. 
all this talk about the proletariat comes down to one thing. Royal up the mob, get the pitchforks, and go after the rich. Take what is theirs because they got it via ill-gotten gains. That is why our founding fathers gave us a republic, if we could keep it, and not a democracy. Mob rule is mob rule. It's force. That's what communism pushes. 51% can take from the 49. They go on, quote, To be a capitalist is to have not only a purely personal, but a social status in production. Capital is a collective product. Only by the united action of all members of society can it be set in motion. Therefore, capital is converted into common property, into the property of all members of society. It goes on, construction on public lands of great palaces of communal dwellings. Again, all that is anti-American. It's antithetical to everything America stands for. It's anti-constitution. Capital is not a collective product. It's owned by whoever invests in it. Going back to the naivety of this doomed ideology, how well is the common property maintained when compared to private property? Look at the Soviet Union. Look at North Korea. Look at public parks. Look at the thousands of rundown public housing complexes in America. Tell me again why they are shitholes? Oh, right, because no one owns them. No private property. No incentive to maintain and keep it nice. Here's another quote. It has been objected that upon the abolition of private property, all work will cease and universal laziness will overtake us, end quote. Well, of course, work won't cease, but productive and efficient work will cease. The incentive to improve productivity will cease for sure. Ask anyone who works in a union shop about how many opportunities for improvement are ignored. See what I mean by childlike? I'm embarrassed for Marx and Engels publishing this shit. Continuing to read from the Communist Manifesto, the main measures emerging as a necessary result of existing relations are as follows. Limitation of private property through progressive taxation, heavy inheritance tax. So I guess the more you tax, the less you have the fruits of your labor, the less you're going to work. The state needs your money more than you do because the state is all-knowing, omnipotent, and smarter than you. Here's another quote. Gradual expropriation of landowners, industrialists, railroad magnates, and shipowners, partly through competition by state industry, partly directly through compensation in the form of bonds. Again, I want you to notice the language here. Gradual expropriation. They are doing this over time. The end game is no private property, no liberty, no ability to be left alone to do your own thing. It goes on. Increasing the number of national factories, workshops, railroads, ships, bringing the new lands into cultivation and improvement of land already under cultivation, all in proportion to the growth of the capital and labor force at the disposal of the nation. So again, more killing of the free market, more five-year plans dictated from on high. I mean, the federal government has a virtual 100% failure rate, and these buffoons want to give it more power. It's the personification of lunacy and idiocy. What about the education of children? Marx and Engel advocate for the, quote, education of all children from the moment they can leave their mother's care in national establishments at national cost. They go on. The communists have not invented the intervention of society and education. They do but seek to alter the character of that intervention and to rescue education from the influence of the ruling class. And this from Skousen's book, number, goal number 17. 
Get control of the schools, use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of teachers' associations. Put the party line in textbooks. In goal number 31, he writes, belittle all forms of America culture and discourage the teaching of American history. Man, there's so much there. The communists, they're all about the children, aren't they? Rescue them from the exploitation of their parents and the ruling class and put them in indoctrination centers. Which political party pushes for pre-K and pre-pre-K schooling? Which one argues against charter schools? What was the first thing Barack Obama did when assuming office? Hint, it had something to do with charter schools in D.C. Which political party is actively indoctrinating your children with critical race theory and gender identity nonsense in the schools? Why are homeschool and private school enrollments swelling? Because of this communist tenet playing out in American schools. What else can I say here that I haven't already said, other than maybe to point out the corrupt nature of the National Teachers Union? Again, another solely owned subsidiary of the Democrat Party. They are corrupt to the core. They don't give a damn about the kids. We don't teach about God, the Constitution, or American history anymore. Instead, fill their minds with American-hating, critical race theory, white privilege, slavery, racism, and gender identity. Forget grades and standardized testing because they are whatever inequitable or racist or whatever other bullshit they come up with. Whatever happened to reading, writing, and arithmetic? Part of the indoctrination includes a discrediting of the Constitution and the Founding Fathers. From Skousen's book, goal number 29 reads, discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, a hindrance to cooperation between nations, and goal number 30, discredit the American Founding Fathers. Present them as selfish aristocrats who had no concern for the common man. I mean, come on. Do you still need convincing that communism has fully infiltrated America? Prominent Democrats can be heard on a regular basis calling the Constitution outdated. It's a living, breathing document subject to their whims. It was written by a bunch of wealthy, slave-owning white guys and therefore should be ignored. Next, let's tackle the family, religion, and morality. All of this falls under the banner of Skousen's goal number 22, continue discrediting American culture. Let's start with the family. The Communist Manifesto straight up calls for the, quote, abolition of the family. Even in the manifesto, they call this claim an infamous proposal. Here's the rest of the relevant portion of the text. Quote, on what foundation is the present family, the bourgeois family, based? on capital, on private gain. In its completely developed form, this family exists only among the bourgeois. But this state of things finds its complement in the practical absence of a family among proletarians and in public prostitution. The bourgeois family will vanish as a matter of course when its complement vanishes and both will vanish with the vanishing of capital. Do you charge us with wanting to stop the exploitation of children by their parents? To this crime we plead guilty. End quote. So because of the prevalence of parental exploitation of their own flesh and blood, the manifesto recommends the abolition of the family completely? That seems a bit extreme. Oh, but it goes on. Quote, the hallowed correlation of parents and child becomes all the more disgusting, and the bourgeois sees his wife as a mere instrument of production. Wow. I need to look into the childhood of Marx and Engels. They must have been horrifying for them to project this shit on the entire world. Later in the text, they call for, quote, equal inheritance rights for children born in and out of wedlock, end quote. That makes sense since, as you will see shortly, 
They want to get rid of all discussion about morality. But the greater question is, what the hell is there for someone to inherit if there's no private property? These guys really needed to get a better editor. They're not done yet. Quote, remove the two bases of traditional marriage, the dependence rooted in private property of the woman on the man and of the children on the parents, end quote. Yeah, you don't want children dependent on their parents, do you? Only dependent on the state. Sounds like the making of a healthy society, doesn't it? Who needs a family when you have the state? All hail to the state. What does the Communist Manifesto have to say about morality? Well, here's goals number 24, 25, and 26 from Skousen's book. Eliminate all laws governing obscenity. Break down the cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. And finally, present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. Can anyone argue that the moral decay of American culture has not hit an all-time low at this point? Tear down traditional values and morality. With the prevalence of no-consequence out-of-wedlock sex, hookup culture, Tinder and other hookup apps, fluid gender identity, transgenderism, and gay marriage all being presented as normal, I certainly think this one has played itself out. Hell, we have Disney producers caught on video explaining how they purposely inject gay and transgender characters and dialogue into children's programming. I don't care what your religious beliefs are or aren't, but this is demonic stuff. Going after the minds of the youth? It goes on in Goal 40 and 41 of Skousen's book. Discredit the family as an institution. Encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents. Attribute prejudices, mental blocks, and retarding of children to suppressive influences of parents. Crush the nuclear family. It takes a village. Toxic masculinity. Fathers aren't needed. You can have two mommies or two daddies. Perpetual welfare encourages more babies born to unwed mothers. It's complete destruction of the family unit. No-fault divorce. It started in California and spread across the country. This is the same state that is currently discussing an infanticide bill. Don't believe me? Look it up. The negative influence of parents? For once in my life, I think I'm speechless. They literally want the state to raise your kids, which explains their obsession with getting your kids into the public school system at the earliest possible age. This also explains why the commies who run the Department of Justice would label concerned parents who show up at local school board meetings to protest critical race theory as domestic terrorists. Man, this is some sick shit. They rail against the exploitation of the little guy, the proletariat, in favor of a new system that exploits the bourgeoisie. If exploitation is bad, exploitation is bad, right? Not when you have no morality. When it comes to religion, Marx and Engels are crystal clear. Communism abolishes eternal truths. It abolishes all religion and all morality instead of constituting them on a new basis. It therefore acts in contradiction to all past historical experience. So you got to understand, when you hear someone say, my truth, or that may be true for you, but not for me, all of that moral relativism is based in communism. The definition of the word woman, our most recent Supreme Court nominee, couldn't give a definition because she is not a biologist because she knows the other people's truth might contradict what she says. That same nominee was unable to tell the Senate Judiciary Committee when life begins, for that exact same reason. The manifesto continues, but communism is the stage of historical development which makes all existing religions superfluous and brings about their disappearance. 
Goal number 27 and 28 of Skousen's book reads, Infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion. Discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. Eliminate prayer or any phase of religious expression in the schools on the ground that it violates the principle of separation of church and state. Boom. That's the big one, folks. Under communism, there is no big G God. Only a little G God. The state. The government. Atheism is the only choice. Now, the communists still have a lot of work to do on this front because people don't necessarily worship the state yet. Instead, they have replaced big G God with a bunch of little G gods or idols at whose altar they worship. Most of the time, it takes the form of a cause like abortion, the environment, i.e. climate change. Or it's things like sex, gender, equity, equality, justice in all its forms, pointing out racism, all the crazy shit you see leftists bitch about. Those are little g-gods. Discrediting the Bible has been reasonably successful, but I would credit ignorance more than discrediting. This is the result of the elimination of prayer from schools and religion from the public square. The removal of the Ten Commandments from courthouses and manger scenes in public demonstrates this tenet. Communism requires that your individuality be sucked right out of you. You must not think for yourself. If communism had a Ten Commandments, the First Commandment would be similar to the real First Commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Put these last few tenets of communism together. The family, education, morality, and religion. First, they work to dissolve the nuclear family. Then they get your kid in the public school system at the earliest age in order to undermine whatever parenting is going on. They advocate for the removal of parental consent wherever possible. We see that today with abortion and the administration of puberty blockers or gender identity counseling sessions. Have you heard of these relatively new concept of transition closets in schools? Where transgender teachers have closets full of clothes where students can change into clothes for the sex they identify with without their parents' knowledge. This is ostensibly to protect the kids from their parents. Throw on top of that, no morality, no religion, no big G God. All hail the state. Here's another tenet of communism. Quote, centralization of money and credit in the hands of the state through a national bank with state capital and the suppression of all private banks and bankers. Can you say central bank, anybody? The Federal Reserve? This is yet another unconstitutional government entity put in place to undermine the free market and centralize power. Next up is the ultimate control, digital currency. Here are some additional goals of communism from Skousen's book, Naked Communism. Number seven, grant admission of Red China to the UN. You can check that off the list. They're a permanent member of the Security Council. Goal number 11, promote the UN as the only hope for mankind. If its charter is rewritten, demand that it be set up as a one-world government with its own independent armed forces. Sounds like the Great Reset, doesn't it? Check out episode 190 for a deep dive into that. All the calls for one world government, one currency, all of it rooted in communism. Anything that pushes for centralization in the political sphere, you can bet your ass it is tied to communism. Goal number 15, capture one or both of the political parties in the United States. If what I've covered in this episode does not convince you of that fact that the Democratic Party has currently constructed is nothing more than a wing of the Communist Party, I'm not sure I can do anything to convince you. Goal number 16, the technical decisions of the courts to weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights. 
Can you say FISA court, the Patriot Act, NSA spying, vaccine mandates, Obamacare? American institutions are in shambles, not because of the court system necessarily, but because of too much unconstitutional power. The education system, the healthcare system that refused to allow safe and effective therapeutics to fight COVID, the CDC, the FDA, the Justice Department, all are nothing more than a Gestapo for the National Democratic Party. The FBI is thoroughly corrupt, as is the CIA. Goal number 20 and 21 have to do with the press. Infiltrate the press, get control of book review assignments, editorial writing, policy-making positions, gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. Now, the internet really required a different direction on this, but that's where big tech censorship comes into play. What you are seeing now is collusion between the government and large social media platforms. So you can't make the excuse that these are private companies and they can censor whatever they want. No, they are government actors at this point with the Democratic Party threatening them on a regular basis to do more censorship or else. In addition, these platforms have been granted special privilege by Congress via Section 230 of the Communications Act of 1996, which insulates them from libel and slander lawsuits because they are not considered a publisher. When the former President of the United States, Obama, and the former Secretary of State and presidential candidate, Hillary, come out in the same week as they did just last week and formally call for more censorship by big tech, you know the communist threat has hooked its tentacles squarely in one of the two major political parties. Since most leftist policy prescriptions can be taken down by a well-informed sixth grader, they have no choice but to censor dissent, which is the communist way. Do not permit any thought outside the 3 by 5 card of allowable opinion. It's Orwell's Ministry of Truth coming to life. Skousen points out that communists need to discredit and infiltrate American institutions. Goals 35, 36, and 37 read, Discredit and eventually dismantle the FBI, infiltrate and gain control of more unions, infiltrate and gain control of big business. Do I need to point out the obvious? The FBI, just over the last five years, has completely discredited itself after being infiltrated by a bunch of communist sympathizers. Because in order to treat fellow Americans, including the sitting president, with such disdain that they go along and facilitate the Russia collusion hoax and the January 6th trespassing event and target the Michael Flynn's and Roger Stone's of the world, they must hate the country. As far as the unions go, in every election cycle for decades, all of the major unions continue to be the largest donors of the Democratic Party. And if you follow the logic of this episode that communism has severely penetrated America and the primary driver and promoter is the National Democratic Party, then logic leads you to see the unions for what they are. As far as big business goes, you can duplicate what I said about the unions. I would also point out that the collusion between big tech and the government to quell free speech and dissent and again, I would point you to the great reset mentality, which is nothing more than communism wrapped in a 21st century wrapper to make it more palatable. The great reset's big push is for stakeholder capitalism. Screw the bourgeois stockholders, all those rich people. These corporations must think about the community and the nation as a whole, the collective, equity, justice, and all the other buzzwords they come up with. Oh, I almost left these two out. Number Goal number 38 and 39. Transfer some of the powers of arrest from the police to the social agencies. Treat all behavioral problems as psychiatric disorders, which no one but psychiatrists can understand or treat. Dominate the psychiatric profession and use mental health laws as a means to gain coercive control over those who oppose communist goals. Do you remember defund the police? Remember what those fools recommended the police be replaced with? 
social workers. The whole mental health angle is interesting. I'm not sure if this has played out up to now, but with the obvious amping up of the push for communism, what comes to mind is gender dysphoria. We are not supposed to talk about it. We're just supposed to encourage it even in young children. And since you are not a psychiatrist, you really should not have an opinion. Goal number 42. Create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition that students in special interest groups should rise up and use united force to solve economic, political, and social problems. I guess that wouldn't include the January 6th trespassing event. But remember the mostly peaceful protests in 2020 by Antifa and BLM? Did I make the case that the corrupting influence of communism is alive and well in America? Our culture, our government, our schools. It has been a slow and steady war, so to speak, that feels to me to be accelerating. Tear down everything that makes America exceptional. No religion, no family, no morality. Everything must be centralized and controlled by the state. This is antithetical to a free society, antithetical to America, to freedom, to liberty, and the Constitution. The anecdote is knowledge, pushback, and decentralization. And that's the truth about communism in America. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Podcast.